to Occasionally Awesome. Do, should we say our names anymore, you think? Yeah, for new people. Maybe. Yeah. I figure there's like, in my head, there's like eight new people a week. Yeah, it's probably more. Who are like, they wouldn't know what each person sounds like. Yeah. If they did, if we didn't say our names. Have people been saying we sound similar? No, 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 know. but they just wouldn't know because they wouldn't know who's talking yet. Right. Yeah. But if, yeah, okay. Because I feel like we're at <laughs> episode like 88 now or 89 and we still say our names, but then it's just like, I, it's just automatic for me. Yeah. I'm Nick Yusuf. I'm Kevin Christian. <laughs> See, we couldn't help it. Yeah. Uh, let's plug dates first, get them out of the way. Go ahead. This weekend, I'm at the Brea Improv Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday with Ari Shafir. Brea is in Orange County. Brea uh, is in Orange County. For those of you thinking there's a comedy club on La Brea Boulevard. No, Brea is in Orange County. There's a really good ice cream parlor, Caddy Corner to the club, oh. that I go to in between shows. Ooh. So that is worth it in and of itself. There's a movie theater there, too. Yep. Trick with Brea is you drive out there 2 p.m. So you don't have to sit in two and a half hours of traffic. Yeah. Watch a movie, get some food, showtime. Yep. That's the trick. Yep. Uh, San Diego, California, this same weekend. So if you live in Orange County. Here's what you do. You drive down, you hit the 7 o'clock Brea show. (laughs) You hit the 10 o'clock La Jolla. (laughs) Right. Then you go home. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, San Diego, March 13th, 14th. I will be at the La Jolla Comedy Store co-headlining with Fahim Anwar. So we'll just switch off closing. We'll probably each do like 30-ish minutes. Each night, each show. Uh, come to those. They'll be good. Fahim's fucking hilarious. Super good dude. I uh, don't know who the opener is, who the host is. It'll probably, it's some comedy store, somebody. So I'm sorry for whoever you are and not being able to say your name. But I'm sure it'll be someone good, cool, and funny. Uh, Tempe, Arizona, the following week, March 20th, 21st, 22nd. I will be at the Tempe Improv with my North Korean son, Bobby Lee. And He's so ugly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, in between all that, I'm, you know, performing around town, uh, the comedy store in front of fucking no audience members. And I'll be at the Laugh Factory March 20, no, 19th. Um, and then, you know, when shit comes up, I will post it on... My website, nickyousef.com, for all you new listeners. Go there. Uh, links to the podcast. Subscribe if you haven't, if you're just like finding this now and listening. Please subscribe to us. Uh, leave comments on our iTunes page. That stuff helps. Uh, it helps our ranking. And then it kind of helps us know what you guys think of the show. So you can tweet at us and let us know. Kevin G. Christie. Christie with a Y. I'm at Nick Youssef, N-I-C-K-Y-O-U-S-S-E-F. Um... And I think that does it, right? Yeah. Okay. The parents are sleeping soundly. The neighbors are dead as wood. I'm getting up and coming over. We got a rocky neighborhood. Um. What I would consider my first job, I didn't get paid any money for. Uh huh. I worked. My grandparents' neighbor opened a baseball card shop on, I think it would have been, I think the street would have been Rosemont. Okay. There was like this weird strip mall that had a karate place and then had a baseball card shop. Rosemont and Foothill Boulevard. No. down. Oh. No, it would have been like Honolulu. No. Montrose. 
Yeah. Not Honolulu. Wait, maybe Honolulu. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Anyways, I worked there sorting baseball cards into sets. Yeah. Where, you know, you organize the numbers or whatever. And I, I think that's all I did there. I got fired because I got caught stealing. No way. What'd you steal? Baseball cards. <laughs> that's all they sold, just baseball cards. Yeah. And I loved baseball cards. So I took some and he found out and I got fired and I felt Whoa. really bad. I still do. Because he was like my friend. He was like my grandparents' neighbor and he was like a cool guy. He was nice enough. But st- and I realized steal- I didn't have the concept that stealing was wrong early enough i don't know why i think my brother stole a lot of shit and it was just like a thing you did yeah it's like a mischievous thing you did and it's like didn't matter and now you know what it was i always had the standpoint of like they have so many it doesn't matter it's that thing yeah that like uh it doesn't matter to this person because they have so many baseball cards they won't notice that i took these yeah so i stole baseball cards It was like the first shitty thing i can truly shitty thing i can remember doing right so i didn't get to work there anymore I would count that as my first job. That's your first job. Yeah, I think I was 11. I guess my... And I didn't think of this until you said the words, a a job that didn't pay me. Yeah. But I was like, I guess my first job was working at the the Enterprise Arcade on Foothill and and Boston. They later changed the name to Pinball Plus. Right. Even though it was mostly arcade games, very few Was it called the Cone Factory at any point? Maybe way back in the day. You know, who they would had know? waffle cones and ice cream at that point. At one point. I remember. I got them. Oh, yeah. I think years ago they used to sell uh, um, ice cream and stuff. Like yeah, they did. They had a small ice cream selection and waffle cones. Yeah, I think I'd heard that. Yeah, it's, it was dope. Yeah, so they had video games and ice cream. But I was really young then, and I, I, that's probably when I was like six. And oh, the, wow. Yeah, and that was... I actually yeah. remember a time before there was the space mural inside the Enterprise, before there was, like, the space... I, I remember that. Yeah, there was a time before the space mural. Wow. Yeah. What were those dark days like? <laughs> it was just mostly Pac-Man and Asteroids. Oh, my God. My favorite game there at the Enterprise was the Star Wars game. I love that game the so much. The pinball one? or the, No, it's uh, an arcade game that was upright. so simple. It was all just, like, white lines and black screen. It was pretty rad. Fucking internet here is like... Yeah, it sucks. I and I'm even, connected to your Wi-Fi. No, I know. It sucks. Why is it like this, like this weird Bermuda no, I ha- dead I, zone? No, I wonder if it's the school or something. I, my house is a dead zone. Let's get that school shut down. I wish. <laughs> uh, dude, I'm trying to look up this name right now, and now I can't, and it's fucking me up. What? The, um, what, Henry Phillips? No, but I was going to mention him. Yeah. Um, he would know about the early arcade days because yeah, yeah, he grew yeah. up in La Crescenta with us. That's three people in comedy. Yeah. In that one area, which is <laughs> the, the craziest thing. Um, so, yeah, he would know. So, anyway, I hung out there when I was a kid, like early teenage years to, to 16, 17. And my first job was getting the employees who back then I thought were like adults, but they were just like seniors in high school. Like they yeah. were just punk ass 17 year olds but and then there was this one guy named gus that worked there he was just like this like mexican dude mm-hmm. that like just needed a job or whatever and then you know uh and i would get them food i would go to mcdonald's and taco bell which oh, were right okay. across the street and i would get them dinner or lunch or whatever and then they would give me tokens yeah or i would clean the uh the arcade games the glass oh i just walk around with windex and clean all the windows and they would pay me in tokens oh. And I'm telling you that the fucking windows on that 
on every machine were crystal clear. Because the second they'd give me tokens, I'd spend them immediately. And they'd be like, hey, this smudge is on a couple windows now. Can I clean those for like two more tokens? Like, you just did it. Yeah. Like 20 minutes ago. I'm like, can I vacuum? Like, I would clean that arcade more than my own room. Yeah. At home. Yeah. Like, my room was a disaster. But that arcade was spotless. (laughs) But I did that for like, every time I went, I would at least guaranteed would have like a dollar or two in tokens sometimes it would be my only dollar or two yeah that i would have it's interesting you would i would go you'd go to the arcade without money you like just you hang just out go there and stand around and eventually like someone would give you a token yeah or you just i would look through all the yeah, coin slots and you'd always find something yeah and you learn certain machines were like shittier than others so you could like hit the coin slot and they yeah. would, sometimes it would spit a token or two out that taco bell is now a yakis it is. Yeah. yeah. I used to go to that Taco Bell all the time. That was, I remember in the 80s, Taco Bell was actually more expensive than it is now. So, like, there was a time when tacos were 99 cents. Yeah. I remember this. And then there would be like a week, they'd have like a, a weekend where tacos were 50 cents or something. Yeah. And there'd be a fucking line out the door at Taco Bell, at I that Taco it, Bell. I remember it being cheap. Always, because I remember no the thirty nine cent forty nine cent thing was. A, I remember was when it Taco. happened. No, no, no. It, it's it, Del Taco did it first, and then Taco Bell had to do it, and because McDonald's is the one that started it with cheeseburger and hamburger Sundays. Thirty nine and thirty nine. Yeah. Thirty nine, for, yeah, forty nine and thirty nine, and then it was like, oh no, yeah. fast food's got to get. And cheaper. then Burger King's like free burgers. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Uh, Burger King went to the ninety nine cent Whopper. Yeah, and the yeah. BK broiler. Yeah. Which was good. That was a good deal. I'll still fuck with a Whopper. I had a Whopper probably eight months ago, and it was great. I haven't had Burger King or McDonald's or any of those places in 15 years plus. Well, you like yourself more than I do. Yeah. And then, so that <laughs> I remember that I remember that switch when all of a sudden tacos got like cheap and stayed that way. It was like, whoa, they're just 50 cents now? Yeah. And you'd go, that you know, that's the kind of like cheap eating you did when you were a child. I remember my uncle, um, who's now dead, <laughs> uh... He was the only one in our family with like money, mm-hmm. and like he would visit every once in a while, like give us a like cool Christmas present or two or whatever. And then like he's like one day he's like I'm gonna take you to Taco Bell and you can get anything you want because <laughs> we weren't allowed to eat fast food all the time because a it was healthy and b you know it's, right. it would cost money. So with the exception of like every other Monday we'd get little uh, a large pizza from Little Caesars because they were yeah. five dollars on a Monday. Oh, and we're like, dude, that's like dinner for the whole family. So like. And that was like the tr- special treat fast food thing or whatever. So my uncle was like, I'm going to take you to Taco Bell and you can get anything you want. There's no limit. Get anything you want. And right. I was like, you got it, motherfucker. <laughs> so I went down there and ordered. And it was my first like, because you know people do that joke where you can order a million things at, at Taco Bell and it's only like six bucks. Yeah. I literally did that at age 12. Right. And I ordered like, seriously, 10 or 11 items. Yeah. And the total cost was like $7. Yeah. But I sat there with like, they used to have this thing called a Chilito. Yep. Which was literally a tortilla. They would pour chili on it and then wrap it up. Sounds amazing. It was the fucking greatest. <laughs> and I would ask for extra cheese all the time. See, every bite you took was just like this rope of cheese and chili. Yeah. Oh, dude, it was crazy. So I got that, a seven layer burrito. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember those. And then... I think, did they have gorditas? That's probably yeah, later. they did. That might have been later on. And then, like a bean and cheese burrito, uh, a ground beef, I mean, just like three burritos. Yeah. Um, the Cholito, 
a couple of like chicken soft tacos I used to love. I remember when those came out. Yeah, people got excited. But yeah, that that Taco Bell was like right there. I once I don't know, I think I've maybe mentioned this on this podcast, but I was sitting at that Taco Bell in the outdoor area, and some like grandma was like taking her kid to like eat, and me and my punk friends were sitting there being like, "Yeah, we're fucking cool," and I had my foot up on the table uh, like next to me, so I was sitting outwards on my chair with my foot up. And then she sits down with her grandson, and my foot is up, like on the empty chair, like across yeah. from him. And she was like, "Take your feet down off the chair." And I was like, "Why?" Well, it's like this outdoor patio of this dirty Taco Bell. I'm like, "We're not." I was like, "Why?" She's like, "Because my grandson's sitting there. And he's trying to eat." And I was like, "So what?" And she's like, "Take your feet off the chair." And then I just put him like on it extra, like just <laughs> leaned into it. And then she got up and took her purse and just started beating me over the head of it. <laughs> like, oh, like the 1950s. Yeah. I mean, she just started wailing on me. And I was like, what the fuck, lady? You fucking bitch. You know, my friends were just like, whoa. Like, they got scared. Oh, my God. She, she was serious about it. And then I got yeah. kicked out of it. They were like, you, you guys got to go. <laughs> but then obviously we went back the next day. But she wailed on me. I loved Burrito Supremes and Nacho Bel Grande's. Oh yeah, uh, it's stuff. If it, it, here's the thing, if I ate it now, I'd be like, "This is really good. This tastes really good." You know what? Every time I think like, "Oh, maybe Taco Bell would be good," uh, Neil Hamburger's tweets, his retweets. Everyone, do you follow him on Twitter? No, dude, it's so funny. Every couple of weeks, he will just retweet people's Taco Bell oh, tweets yeah. that are all. I got food poisoning. I yeah. got diarrhea. I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> I'm on the toilet, and it's a never-ending stream. Yeah. And every time I see like those fifty tweets every two weeks, I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna eat. I'm yeah, not just make some oatmeal. Do it. <laughs> um, my first actual job, of which I got like a paycheck. Yeah. When I turned fifteen, someone told me when you were fifteen you could get a job. So as soon Another as I turned fifteen, mini urban legend. Yeah. No, fourteen and a half with a work permit, dude. That's what I heard. Yeah. No, it was fifteen and a half that I was told you could get a work permit. Yeah. So. At 15 and a half, I don't think I got a work permit. I started trying to get a job. I start, The first place I asked was McDonald's. They yeah. said no. Then I went to Burger King. They said no. Like, they didn't even give me an application. They were like, no. Yeah, and then I got a job. My friend Travis's mom owned a restaurant in La Cunada called The Spar. It's mm-hmm. now a Taylor's Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. And I got a job there as a busboy. And classic first job. Classic first job. I had that job for f- four years. Wow. And I have to be honest. Wait, I, hold on. You never graduated to waiter? I didn't want to. They asked me if I wanted to be a waiter, and I said no because okay. I was I was pretty antisocial. Not like, hey, fuck everybody, but I wasn't good at talking to people back then at all. Yeah. I'm so still... Just like now. Yeah, it's like, imagine, <laughs> yeah, imagine this personality on a... 15 year old trying to wait tables yeah yeah. like i really liked being a busboy because i didn't have to talk to the customers i would just say are you done with that like bring them water clean up the table and that was like and you were in this in the exact position you thought they saw you as anyway yeah exactly like i'm comfortable here i thought to be and i still think this it was a i thought i got was making the like exact amount of money i earned it seemed incredibly fair. I think I got paid like six fifty an hour, seven dollars an hour, or something, and then I got tips. Yeah. So for I, I think I worked a six-hour shift that was thirty bucks, and then I'd make like thirty dollars in tips. 
So I was making like sixty dollars for whatever. Yeah. For you know that and that in Which high is school. Just like a million dollars. When that's you're a the teenager. thing. It was it was relatively hard work. Like it wasn't like I was never standing around ever. As yeah. soon as I got there, because you had all this other stuff to do. You'd get there. You'd like get all the salad dressings and fill all the ice things and take the kegs and connect them to the bar. And like your job was also restocking all that shit. Mm-hmm. And then like all, I think I had to bring people salad. As strange, I oddly remember. I think I, w- I think the busboys were in charge of bringing people their like dinner salad. So I may have had to. Yeah, there's do always that. like a, a couple of extra things a busboy yeah. does, depending on the restaurant. Where it's like sometimes they're the ones that bring out the drinks. Yeah, I brought out the water, the bread. and the iced tea, and the yeah. bread, and the salads. Yeah. And which is probably why you got tipped out well. Yeah. The more you do, the more the waiters yeah. give you. And it was a very like busy job. Like I worked the entire time. When I when I was done, I was like tired and yeah. I smelled horrible. Yeah. Just from being around food and whatever. But I have to be honest, I fucking liked that job. Yeah. And in high school, it gave me an amount of money because I probably worked four nights a week. So it gave me an amount of money that was insane to have in high school. Mm. It just had like, you know, I probably had a hundred dollars in my pocket every week yeah which was so much money for like oh, a 10th yeah. grader i could buy my own that was a big thing i bought my own sneakers that's what i noticed for it like i wanted reebok pumps and i didn't even ask to my for my parents to get them yeah. for my mom i just went to the mall paid cash with like you know 81s and a couple 20s <laughs> right and i got black reebok pumps and I cut a hole in one of the air pockets and put my weed in there. I smoked weed for like two months. That's hilarious. And, and you already needed places to hide it. I just thought it was. Like, I was like, oh, this is a cool place to hide it. Even yeah. though no one was checking any of. I was never searched on any level. Right. I never. No one even suspected. It was your second day of smoking weed. Yeah, You're like, exactly. I gotta hide my stash, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. I better get a gun. Yeah. So uh, I really liked that job. The only thing was, uh, Travis worked there too. So did like a couple other of his brothers. His brothers were a lot older than us, and they were super into drugs. And his one brother, I want to say his name was Jason, used to take advantage of me all the time because there'd be two busboys on. So uh, he would fi- he would be like, hey, I'm going to take off early. And it'd be like an hour or so into the shift. And I didn't know anything, so I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and I'll just do everything. Yeah, and his mom <laughs> owned the restaurant, so like I would get stuck doing everything wow and he didn't care that he wasn't getting money because he didn't care anyways yeah so i it ended up being really really hard on me sometimes because he would just bounce and i'd be left to clean up like a whole restaurant by myself at like you know 11 15 at night on a school night. that's the thing i was tired all the time because i get home at like 11 30 right at night and then have to go to school the next day but to be honest i was getting really shitty grades at the time anyway so i didn't care right but I did, I never, and I never became a waiter because I didn't, I talked to some people, like, I was thinking about it, there was this one guy, like, this couple that came in, like, once or twice a week, and he really liked brown, like, pumpernickel bread, and I knew it, so I would only bring him that, and he'd give me a buck. Yeah. Which, in, at the time, like, the guy's cool, it's like, this cheap fucking guy would give me a dollar. Right. <laughs> and was, like, so proud of himself that he was giving me a dollar. Yeah, I mean it's La Cunada. It was full of a bunch of rich assholes. Yeah, that was like the rich the guy guy. who owned Sports Chalet would come in and get fucking shit hammered. Really? Yeah, the Sports Chalet guy. I think his name was Norwood or something. Right. Would come in and get just blitz. I mean that particular restaurant. There was a bar in it, and it was full of like mid forties to early fifties 
La Cunada, white trash that like recent divorcee everyone if they were single they were divorced yeah or they were their wife was at home or their husband was at home and they would come in and get hammered there was a guy that was so drunk he rode a bike there every day just so he wouldn't get a DUI. Yeah, because he wouldn't. So he wouldn't get a DUI. You'd see him like at night. Like when I would leave, he would leave, and he'd just be meandering on a bike yeah. down foothill from a distance. You're like, "What's that dragonfly doing, flying <laughs> yeah. so low?" Which is a just light. like so slow. Yeah. I mean, like the bartender. There was all the bartenders were women, and like their boyfriends would come in. They get in fights. Jesus. Like it was oddly like that place. I, I feel like was where like the kind of La Crescenta people came to like. Like in their mind, it was like a nice place. Yeah. So or like to hung clash with the higher class. Occasionally, we get like people. They had these like coupons, and people would come in and like say they were using a coupon and then leave without paying. <laughs> I remember that happening. <laughs> I caught a cut. Me and this guy, one of the waiters, caught a couple stealing glasses once. Yeah. Because it was their anniversary, which was weird and sad. But I did. Re- I have to say, I really liked that job, and because it was the only place that would hire me, because I was such a like quiet surly little asshole right. like after they closed me my friend justin and my friend ryan and our friend brett all went to go get jobs at jerry's famous deli i was the only one with restaurant experience i was the only one who didn't get hired what <laughs> yeah because i you had to have like a interview like a job interview and i, I hired t- on personality yeah i talked right? to the guy and i was probably like yeah i mean oh, i'm done and yeah. i can do it it's no big deal blah, 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 yeah. who cares and he was probably like why would i want that s- fucking yeah, unfriendly dumbass <laughs> right. in my restaurant yeah it was the only place that i could in retrospect it's the only place i could have gotten a job yeah. the only reason i got one is because my friend's mom owned it that's some white privilege right there yeah that's true i mean literally that's what my that, first job i like forced my way i just hung out there so much he eventually i had to be the guy he hired really like I, it was in glendale downtown glendale it was called new york burrito Oh, yeah, I remember that place. Yeah. So and it, the first problem was the name. Yeah, why? Because everyone that walked into that place, not everyone, everyone, but a lot of people were like, "Are there? is New York known for their burritos? Like so many people ask that. You're like, this place is going under. Like, is it Puerto Rican? Yeah, you're like, no one's ever been like, oh, you're going to New York? Dude, make sure to go <laughs> try these nine burrito places. You gotta get a burrito. Yeah. Oh, don't worry about what part of town you're in because there's great burritos all over the city. <laughs> Um, but I went there and like, Funny. and I would just, me and my friend would just go there because it was like an arcade actually down in Glendale too. And there was the mall right there. Yeah. I went to the arcade all the time. Yeah. It was that's where cool. I would, that's where we'd meet up after I stole stuff from the mall. Oh, okay. Man, you were a little thief back then. Yep. Um, so yeah, we'd hang out at the mall and then we discovered that place and we we're like, oh, let's go get, you know, a fucking burritos, try it out. Then we tried it out. There was like really no one in there. And then the owner was like a pretty young guy. He was probably like 23, 24. And we stayed friends for a long time. We haven't talked probably a few years, but we kind of stayed in touch once or twice a year kind of thing. On LinkedIn? Uh, no, no. Just like <laughs> he, I mean, he probably is on it now. He's like a business guy. But, um, so we just kind of went in there a couple times. And then he was like, what do you guys think of these, you know, burritos? And we just kind of were like, oh, this, this one could be spicier. And then he's like, spice. Oh, I, I made this hot sauce spicier myself and we're like well it's not really spicy and he goes oh, really and we're like yeah well, i don't know we just don't think it's spicy we'll come back tomorrow i'm gonna i'm gonna change change the recipe come back tomorrow Funny. so we go back the next day and it's spicier 
And we're like, I mean, it's a little spicier. And then we kind of real, we realize he's getting a little like frustrated. And then we, we look at each other and we're like, let's just go with this. And we're like, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, we felt like a, a little tinge of spice, just kind of like at the tip of our tongue. But then it went away right away. So we just started messing with him a little. And then he's like, you guys have got to be kidding. We're like, dude, we eat spicy food all the time. I'm sorry. This just isn't doing it. Come back tomorrow. I'll fucking show you guys. So we show up the next night. And he proceeds to give us the spiciest sauce. I don't know what he put in it, but he did it out of anger because he was like, fuck these punk kids. And we ate it and we're sweating and going like, oh, no, man, there's just no spice at all. We're not feeling it, you know. And then we kind of like, we told them we were kidding at some point. We're like, yeah, that was really fucking hot. Yeah, and listen, you're going to hurt your other customers. Yeah. And then, so we just started going there like every day almost. We'd go hang out and eat some food. He gives us free food sometimes. And then one day, some girl he had working there quit. And he's like, I need a new employee. And I was like, dude, I just turned 18. And I want, I want a job. And I want this to be it. I yeah. just got a car and a license. I need a job. Hire me. You know, I know the fucking, I know every item on the menu. I've eaten it. And I hang out here all the time. I'm going to be here anyway. You might as well pay me minimum wage. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Yeah. So he fucking hires me and he trains me and I start working there and I'm the only employee. And so it's just me and him. And then his dad owned the shoe repair shop on the other end of the street. Yeah. Like uh, the, the far end of the street. So there was a Circuit City right there, like right across on like Broadway. Remember yeah. that when there was a Circuit City? All the way on the other end, little tiny shoe repair shop. So he'd come over every like two hours or something and he would smoke a cigarette and have an espresso or whatever and then just rant about politics. He was like a super conservative guy. And uh, we would get in these political arguments and stuff. And because I just like, I was amazed at the things he believed. I was just like, how can you believe? this stuff about poor people and that you know and and he was he was an armenian guy and yeah. like he hated armenian people he was like a racist it was, it, was, it was so crazy but i learned so much about the the way the other side thinks as a result of this and so we would have these arguments outside because no one came into the business there was a lunch rush and then that was it right. and i would work till five or six and then after i'd eat and kind of hang out for a little bit and uh business started getting it went from like okay to just like bad yeah. because there were other restaurants opening in downtown Glendale that yeah. were just siphoning business oh, away, man. you know? So people were like, I can either go to this like okay burrito place that like doesn't even make traditional burritos and they sort of invented the burritos being from New York concept. There was like a chicken Caesar salad burrito. There was a spicy Cajun burrito. There was like that kind of shit, you know? So it was like okay. So people would come in for the lunch rush, which would be like an hour, an hour and a half. And before that, we would spend that time talking about, I hope the girl with the huge tits comes in so we can just stare at her. You know, yeah, yeah. It was just that kind of shit, you know? Because he was young too. Yeah. So, and I was like an 18-year-old kid. And it was at that job when I started stand-up. Oh. I was like, and I told him one day, I was like, look, dude, if you don't mind, like on Thursdays and Fridays or whatever, I'm, I, want, I want to leave early so I can like, go i want to start doing i'm going to do open mics i'm going to be i'm going to be a comedian i'm going to do it wow and he found it so fascinating because he wanted to be a musician okay and he so he was kind of into that thing and he had like a band and you know that kind of stuff and so he was kind of transitioning out from like i'm going to pursue a career as a musician to like i'm going to open this this restaurant so he thought it was cool that i wanted to do that and he was like dude you're more you just finish your work out cleaning up after the lunch rush and you're more than welcome to leave like four or five or whatever 
So he let me do that. But business got so bad that no one was coming in. Lunch rush got shorter and shorter. So we would spend more and more time just like hanging out and talking and like reading and just whatever. So in the smoothie espresso section that he, that he had set up, that became our library to where they were just like 15, 20, 30 books of yeah. just things that we've read or that we were going to read. Like I literally brought in a book. I'm like, after I'm done with this one, I'm going to get to this one <laughs> at, at my job. Yeah. So it just became a place where we hung out and talked, and argued politics with his dad and just read books during the day and got paid. I just like how much I always when great. I think about those businesses you're like okay how much was their rent and then how much money did he need to make and he was like yeah. wow we're we're still above water I think what it was is like there's a certain amount of money you need to open a franchise so cuz they they need some like uh like they need a buffer so like yeah it was like a franchise place so like they they let they allow people to open a franchise. Like I know Krispy Kreme, for example, you have to have like a million dollars, like liquid assets. That's, that used to be the standard with McDonald's too. Yeah, you need Subway. A, you needed to be. Yeah, yeah, you need to have a million bucks because you have to have that breathing room in yeah. case it doesn't pick up right away. You can't just like close up shop. So they have like enough money kind of there to be like, all right, we might have you know a rough first eight or nine months or whatever, which they did, and they were able to like stay afloat long enough and like. They made some changes to the menu and like the, the, the owner of the company who had opened up a couple other shops in – there was one in Burbank. There was one maybe in like Westwood or whatever. So he came in and like they were making changes and just figuring out how to keep the place going. But like they just couldn't and like – but to me, I was like – I was 18 years old. I was starting to do like open mics. I was starting to do stand-up and I was just saw this as a place I could sit and write jokes yeah. and read and like hang out and get money. It was like the cushiest job. That's the thing. Employees, like I didn't give a shit when my that restaurant was going under. Like you don't understand like <laughs> yeah. how humongous of a thing that is for the people that own it. Yeah. You're like, oh, this yeah, sort of sucks. I'm have a different job. It's like, and these poor people are at home, like unable to sleep. Oh yeah. Because they're like, what are we gonna fucking do? Yeah. This is my my future right yeah. now. Yeah. Like I, how do I? keep this business afloat yeah but at the same time he was like he was super cool and super understanding and he was like he's like look dude i don't know how lo- how much longer this place is going to be around for but yeah. like he made me uh just for the title so i can use on a resume for my next job he made me the assistant manager oh that's cool of the restaurant because it would look good on a resume but i was he was the owner and manager. Yeah. I was the assistant manager, and that was the end of the employee <laughs> chain. It was just the two of us. So t- for him to do that was like a really cool that gesture. Cool. To be like, look, you, you, you didn't quit when it was like shitty and like yeah. you could have. Because, I mean, I got paid minimum wage, but there was also like a tip jar. And yeah. like, you know, so I could have at some point been like, fuck this, I'm going to get another job. But like, I like the fact that I was able to like sit there and like write jokes and like, you know, do all that stuff. And like, yeah. And he gave me a couple of raises too. You know, I was cool. making more than minimum wage by the end. And yeah, because I was doing like every it was everything. I was like cleaning up the stations, fucking chopping chicken in the back, cleaning the bathroom. I was doing my job. Yeah, but it was a really cool like first real job learning experience. How like things like that work. That's when you grow up and don't have a lot of money. Yeah. In the same way, I, th- I imagine people that grow up with money are like disgusted by the notion of like a job like that, where it's like those jobs sounded cool to me. Any Dude, job, me too, because I before that, like I spent 
the summers like working for my dad, which was like lifting bags of fucking cement and today boxes i pay you a dollar an hour <laughs> like, yeah i got i mean you, you for the first couple times i did it first couple summers it was like i'm not giving you any money yeah this is you're just gonna learn how to work and be a man what are you crazy <laughs> yeah. like, you're not getting anything <laughs> he's like and you'd show me this like fucking mexican immigrant like, family employees. businesses are slave labor oh dude he would show me the work they would do he's like those guys those guys are doing work. Yeah. They're working 10 hours a day. They're lifting heavy shit, and they're getting a job done. I will give them money. You are getting no money. Until you start working, working, yeah. then I will pay you money. And oh, then when I got like, like 16 or 17 or maybe some of the 15, 16, I like wor- and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll like work, work. And he was like, I'm leaving you with these employees. They're going to tell you what to do. And you will do it. And yeah. if you don't do it, you don't get any money. Yeah. But if you do, and he paid me obviously less than minimum wage. It was just like, here's 20 bucks, 50 yeah. for a day. But it like taught me how to, I mean, it was like manual labor. Yeah. It was like real, you'd go home and like your arms and your back hurt from carrying tile and, you yeah. know, buckets of fucking tools and like, you were just like a little grunt worker. Get me that. Go do that. Sit did here. Tile, carry this. Stand there. Did the tile grout come in buckets? Like you did. You had to make it, or you had to mix it. And the and the stuff that like the stuff called thin set. Yeah. That you put in between the the actual the floor and the tile to like glue it on. Okay. You would have to mix that in a mixer. Right. And then spread it with a trowel with the on trowel, the ground, yeah. and then put the tile in, and then you have spacers. spacers, and then you would like mix your grout. And then you would spread that over, right? And then you know get it. And then How long the grout off. dry before you clean the tile? Sometimes overnight. Okay. I mean, you could clean off the tile, but not you can't really give it a full cleaning right. until the grout was dry. How is it that the grout dries in between the tile to the point where it doesn't get pulled up when you clean the rest of the tile? Was it just because the, the? I mean, you just clean the surface of the. Yeah. I mean, well, because the grout would. It would be over the the tile. It would sit higher. Yeah. But then you would like kind of clean the grout off, and it would take oh, okay. off that top layer and leave yeah. just enough. Okay. Below, and sometimes you would even like scrape even a little more out because you don't right. want the grout sitting above it. Yeah. Then no, it would no, no. flake off. You know, you want to kind of like dipped it. So you would like kind of scrape in so it would be concave. A yeah. L- just a little bit. Yeah, I've seen those. No, they have like that's why shit gets stuck in in tile because the grout is usually set a little lower. Right. Yeah. Okay. Look, good tiles, good tiling. When it's done right, you never have to think about it again. Well, also, yeah, if it's done right, it looks like. I mean, they were like, I mean, it was like my first taste of how how like seeing the inside of a rich person's home and like that kind of stuff. Yeah, because he would do like houses and like he would do like fireplaces or like a kitchen floor, or a kitchen counter, and that kind of shit. So like every once in a while, I would go to like Malibu or whatever, and it would just be like these rich people that like. You would see them treat us like we were just these like workers or whatever. But then when he would finish a fireplace, they would be like, "It looks like a it looks like a work of art." Yeah, because of the way because he would sit there and like because marble has veins in it. Yeah. So instead of just throwing tile up on the thing and being, he would sit there and match the patterns and yeah. have it. It would look like there was some sort of flow and like design to it. And and then you'd see these people go from like excuse me, can you do this? And I want it to look like that. And then just like order you around to like, but the, by the time there was a finished product, they were like, 
thank you so much for making yeah. our home look so beautiful. Well, and then they treat you like a human. Yeah. And you're like, oh, now that now we have a worth to you. We're not like a fucking plumber and electrician. Well, I can tell you from the standpoint of hiring those people, until it's done, the entire time you're just waiting for it to look like shit. Right. Because you don't... But you're also upset that there's like dust and shit in your house. Well, it's and you're more like, just like... Get these people out of here already. Finish. You don't know... You really don't know if it's going to come out good. So you're just like... You're standing... You don't want to set up a relationship where you're like, yes, please, 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 please. Because you want to have at least enough of uh, separation to where if they fuck it up, you can be like, no, that's not right. Do it again. You have... That's... You did it wrong. Well, a lot of people would... They wouldn't even... They would... Step by step. They're like, nah, I don't know if I like this. I want it different now. Yeah. Like, but you just... You wanted this color. It's awful. Well, now I want this. I mean, like, I look at my house, I think I, I had one tile guy, he was really, he was basically good, but, like, on one, like, in the kitchen, he basically killed it. The kitchen tile's great, yeah. and there's, like, one little area in the bathroom that's, like, just slightly off, and I'm like, motherfucker, because like, you see it. Yeah. When it's done perfect, I, and I don't know how, it's not easy, it's so hard. Like, well, the it's problem so, is, like, a lot of people cut corners where, like, if you're retiling a bathroom and you're pulling up the existing tile or, or tile or, like, linoleum or whatever's there... And then you see the ground. Sometimes the ground isn't level. Yeah. But if you are good at your job, you will, you will, cle- clear out that ground yeah. and re-cement it or whatever. So there will be an even ground, and then the tile you put will look good. Yeah. But that costs more money. Yeah. So some people will go like, well, I, you know, this is the quote, and I want to be the cheapest guy, but the cheapest guy will do the cheapest work. Yeah. And so there's no such thing as a straight wall. There's no such thing as a right angle. So to be good, there are, you know, there's always those little pieces that have to be cut perfectly. Right, to yeah, fit. yeah. You never see a tile floor where every piece fits. It just doesn't exist because walls aren't built that way. Right. Walls, just, there's no such thing as a fucking straight wall. Like, it's a, everyone, that's the one thing, when I was building this house, I remember the guy was like, stop saying flush. He's like, there's no such thing. Right. It's like, is it going to be flush to the wall? He's like, don't even. He's like, honestly, it's wood. Wood's not straight. Yeah. He's like, it's just not. And then, by the way, if it is straight, once it's like, once it's done being built, it won't stay that way. It's wood, and yeah. there's moisture. Like, just it's just people don't understand how hard it is. I would watch pe- the guys do it, and I'd be like, God, I can't. I could never. I do mean, this. yeah, it, it it would just depend on the. Yeah, the built the the shape of the house. If, yeah. If the walls are uneven, there's no the tile won't look. But you can always like cheat it to where yeah. if the wall's leaning that way and but you set the so tile. But that's so exacting to cheat it. But that's the thing. The cheating it is what I think is the hardest thing because you have to, you know, it's you, it has to be so exact. It's millimeters. Yeah. It's very hard. Well, I mean, the better you are at it, the better. Yeah. The more you know. Those good dudes always want. work. What I my next job was sort of a job. My friend John Hansen, uh, his parents owned two small homes. Yeah. They lived in someone else. They rented a house, like a big, like they knew someone who owned a big house and then couldn't live in it. So they rented this big ass house, like above, kind of above like Foothill. And then they, so they had a house and another house because they were like, it was their second marriage. So I think he had had a house. It was his stepdad. He'd had a house and she'd had a house. So they rented those two out. Like one was off Rosemont, one was off La Crescenta. And we were the gardeners. Me and John were the gardeners for those for I think it was three houses total. What? Yeah, we would we would do. There was one down in Montrose, mm-hmm. and then one up Block Resenta, and then I, we would we weren't allowed to do the lawn of the house his parents lived in because it was too perfect, and his stepdad did it himself, and it was a thing of beauty. 
Like this, the guy had a, li- a rider lawnmower, mm-hmm. and this was the. But we we you like could sit on and r- drive yeah. around. Oh, we kind dude. of weeded that yard, I think. But we yeah. would garden those two houses so every weekend. We would go like basically mow and blow. Yeah. Like th- I think it was three houses. I was f- horrible at it. But I again, I needed a job, and I think John it was that kind of thing where he wasn't really getting paid that much. So I think I got twenty dollars a weekend. Wow, <laughs> that's what I got paid. And ma- mainly my job, I remember my job being the weed whacker. I weed whacked. I I I raked the lo- the yards, and and then also my, one of my main functions was to watch the truck to make sure rival gardeners didn't steal our tools. Right, because a we were the only white gardeners in the area, and I think the other gardeners hated us because if they didn't know we weren't legitimate gardeners, we were uh. just like they probably thought we were like white mow and blow competition. Which in Locker yeah. Senate, if they were legitimate white gardeners, you could have made a fortune because of all the races. Oh sure, yeah. So they were all we were always like catching a guy in the process of stealing some of our shit. And you'd just be like, hey! And you'd just drop it and leave or run away or whatever. But, so those were my jobs. So every week, I I think I did it for like a year. Because I could, again, I couldn't find a job. Because I was such a mopey dickhead. Right. And I I think I was in junior, I was in junior college at the time. I don't think I even tried to find a job. I think I would ask to get jobs at skate shops or something. Yeah. They'd be like, do you have any retail experience? I'm like, no. That was always the worst, man, when like, you would try and find a job and they were like, we need someone with retail experience. And you're like, how will I ever get it if every place won't give me a job because I don't yeah. have any? I was old enough to have had it. I just didn't. But it's like you have to get – where do you get it when every place is like, we need retail experience? Yeah. There's got to be one place that goes, we accept people with no retail experience. They also, I think, want to hire women because women Maybe, yeah. are nicer. They have nicer voices. They don't have shitty attitudes. That's just, it's a case of you got to have a friend that works there yeah. that goes, just hire him. We'll all fucking train him. And then next thing you know, you have retail experience. I mean, my dream was to work at a skate shop. Yeah. Even by, even still at like age 19, but I couldn't even find now, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> You'll <dude>. volunteer. <laughs> you fuck around. Don't, ma- if you made the mistake of giving me a lot of money, I'd open a skate shop. Oh, I don't doubt you would. Just, just, and it would just, it would probably die. I yeah. used to hang out at my friend's skate shop in Lockniata all the time and I loved it. The one near Taco Deli? Yeah. Yeah. I loved that place. I just hang out there all the time. Yeah. I remember that place. Yeah, yeah. dude, they're just like fun. The- like when you're a kid, there's like, you could just hang out at an arcade, or you yeah. could hang out at a skate shop, and you didn't need to be participating in the business, where no. it's like, you didn't need to be playing the games or buying skate stuff. You could yeah. just, like, chill there. Yeah, because there'd be a TV with a skate video on, Yeah, and you could just sit there and hang out. And, and the talk skate about shops, skateboarding. Yeah, skate shop owners know that if kids hang out there, then that's where they'll buy their skateboard shit when they need if, it. Eventually, yeah. yeah. Once Christmas or a birthday comes yeah. around, or you get a job and you have a little yeah. bit of money, I'm getting my new trucks here. I'm getting no, wheels here. We would... My mom, when it be, when it got time to buy me a skateboard, or my dad would buy me a skateboard for Christmas or whatever, we would go to the shop where the people were the nicest. Right. So for a while, we were driving like really far away to go to a place called Skate Rabbit because my mom just thought the guy was nice. Where was that at? I don't remember. It was sort of far. That far. It was like Pacoima. Or I don't know. Like way the yeah, fuck it was kind there. of a drive, like Sherman Oaks or something. Yeah. Because she thought the guy the guy was an albino. And he was very odd looking, and the selection was terrible. But she thought he was nice, so if they didn't have it, she'd be like, "Well, let's order it because I like that guy." Uh-huh. 
or and then for a while we went to Hot Skates in Glendale, which was on Colorado. Now the guy actually he he reopened a new skate shop called LA Skate Co on Santa Monica, right by the freeway by the 101. That guy's been selling skateboards. Oh, I've seen that place. He's been selling skateboards in LA since I was probably six. He Whoa. started out selling roller skating equipment. Like that's his real expertise. The guy's this kind of strange dude who's obsessed with roller skating, and then he got into skateboarding. But he used to have the one in Glendale had the best selection of skate T-shirts I've ever seen in my entire life. Really? Like every company's every T-shirt. Dude, I'd go roller skating. Yeah, roller skating's really fun. I will throw on some roller skates. Is that roller rink in Glendale? Off San Fernando. Is it still there? Yeah. I remember that. Dude, I've been to like a roller skating party there like a year ago. Oh, wow. Kids party. Um, but I want to like put on roller skates and go to the beach and like fucking... Oh, yeah. Roller skating fun. is really fun. It's fun, yeah. Yeah. But so that's where we... Yeah. all it, uh, My parents would only buy from people they thought were nice. Did you have a roller blade? One time for like a weekend, my oh. friend Jeremy Wheaton had rollerblades, and I was like, I'll try these to see what they're like. Yeah. I didn't like them at all. Why? I don't know. I, I, I've i never been able to ice skate either. Just I, oh, I'm like, okay. my ankles just tilt in. I couldn't do it. I mean, it got, I, all I could do was like jump a trash can, right. which to me was like, I'm just jumping. Because there was a time when rollerblading was legitimately cool. Oh, it was huge. People were fucking into it. They had like cool rollerblades yep. and you it was like and then somehow it just became the cheesiest, douchiest yeah. thing to do. I think it would it I became think super what, gay. People were like, Oh, you're gay and you're it's like that joke. The joke is I wonder if that what's the hardest part about rollerblading? What? Telling your parents you're gay. Uh, I've heard that, yeah. Yep. I think it was the extreme rollerblading that made it kinda lame because Maybe. It was just like, you guys are just jumping on the... Like, this isn't the same. Yeah. It just looked silly. And and then... I've always thought, like... I, I, I'm still fine with, like, roller hockey. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's different. That's what my friend Jeremy was into. It's attached to something cool and He manly. was really into hockey, so he played we played roller hockey on his street, and he lived on a cul-de-sac. Yeah. But I just wasn't good at it all. And I didn't think it was cool. I, I mean, like, I tried it because everyone else tried it. Uh-huh. And then I was like, I this is not skateboarding at all. Yeah, I want to get a pair of roller skates. Yeah. And Dude, go LA to the beach. Show. I went there. He's got tons of them. I watched... Um, the girl from but Juno. you know I'm gonna have to get vintage ones that there aren't made anymore. He has he cool has colors. new old stock, bro. I gotta be a douchebag. He's about got it. new old stock, bro. <laughs> First of all, no roller skates being made now look modern. They still look exactly the same. Right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, but it's got to be authentic. That play, that guy's cool. <laughs> I like him just because he's been selling that stuff in L.A. in some form or another for that's decades. on Santa Monica and where near near the one on one one on one. It used to be right down here in Hyperion. It was in a garage. He had a garage. Wow. <laughs> he had turned hot skates into a garage. And he called LA Skate Co. He was the only one that he had was he had a company called LA Skate Co. that sponsored like real skaters way back in the day. Dude, we should fir- organize a roller skating at the beach thing. That means I gotta go to the beach. Oh yeah, you're against that. Why can't it just be inland? Where are we gonna do that's it's more dangerous here. Go to that rink, it's fun. Oh, you mean indoors inland? Moonlight roller rink, they got pizza. <laughs> uh I mean I'll do look, I'll fuck with a roller rink. I used to go to those parties Swartzen used to throw fucking yeah. all the time. They were the best. Yeah, people still talk about them. Yeah, because th- they were the best parties in comedy. Then he got robbed. Yeah. Yeah. I still did another one after he got robbed. Yeah. But then eventually it was like no more. Yeah. They're just becoming I think they started costing more money. Then it was just worth even. Oh, yeah, I see. 
because they started charging a cover. They used to be free, and they right. were like, just seven bucks, but then it's all you can drink all night. But then it still ended up just exceeding. Yeah. They just got out of hand. They were just like the craziest things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, roller skating. Dude, even ice skating. It Ice skating, by the way. Yeah, I can't do it. Is such a good date move. If you can do it. Otherwise, I here's the thing. First I'm the all, one falling. Both of you are falling. Unless you... like. Ask a girl, hey, you want to go ice skating? She's like, oh, sweet. Yeah, I used to do that professionally. Like, no girl. Okay, here's the thing. If you're worse at ice skating than me, you have one leg. Right. I'm so bad but at it. But it makes it fun. You're both, you know, like stumbling around. And then oh, you're like, enough, oh, man. fall into my arms. And you're like, we're so close right now. I'm too busy falling. <laughs> you don't, you can't, uh, if, if she's in my arms, I mean, I pulled her down to try to save myself. Right, right. Ice skating's fun, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. No. Not for me. <laughs> Pickwick and Burbank. Those yeah, are, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look, I've done it. I've done it. I've done it all. I've tried it all. I love it. I'm yeah. not good at it by any means. Like I can, I can stand and get around. And I used to be able to like carve ice a little bit. I when just I can't would break. stop. Um, stopping is pretty easy. Not for this guy. Um, not for this guy at all. So where did I work after? See, my uh, job after that oddly was. At a house too, which is really weird. But it was even, it was even weirder. It was, I was a couple of years into comedy, and, and maybe not even, yeah, something like that, one or two years, and, I needed a job, and I remember Jay Larson. Oh no, this was maybe after Jay Larson, damn fine woodworker. Is he really? Yeah. That's cool. Built me a cheese board. I really don't remember if this this had to be before I worked at the comedy store as an employee. But I don't even fucking remember. It had to be before. Um he told me he's like, "Dude, I found this job and you can make your own hours <laughs> and it pays cash, but it's a little weird." And I was like, "This better not be illegal." You know, but he's not that kind of guy, you know. And I'm like, "All right, well what is it?" He's like, there's this guy who's like a screenwriter and he's got a lot of money and he lives in this house in the hills and he is obsessed with collecting like figurines and antiques and sculptures and statues that aren't like, you know, special or rare or whatever, just like things he likes, you know, like a fucking Cupid blowing a fucking horn or whatever the hell it is. Just some thing. That like, you know, people car. So he buys all this stuff, but his obsession is getting it and then having it all painted white. Oh, cool. So his backyard. I'm super into this all of a sudden. His backyard looked like a low budget heaven. Wow. So you walk in there and there's, there's a swimming pool in the back. Everything is white. Everything. And there's just figurines and sculptures, statues ranging from like two feet tall to like 10 or 11 feet tall and stones, anything on everything was white, but he would just be buying shit. Wow. Every day there was a garage full of stuff yet to be painted white that you had to sand and then paint and then move out to where he wanted it. Right. That was the job. And there was never any shortage of work. So you would work like you could make your own hours like, hey, man, I had like an assistant that you would call the assistant. And you're like, hey, I'm available Monday through Wednesday, four hours each day or whatever it was. And that was your job. So 
he was like dude he's like he's like bro you know it's weird you know but do it i was like all right so i call the guy and i was like hey you know i got your number from from him and i want to do this job so i meet him nice to meet you here's the job and here's what i want done today and then he just disappears for like five hours and i'm just sitting in this garage like sanding this fucking fence thing i don't know what the hell it was it was one of them was a chair i had to sand like this metal like wrought iron chair you know is that it iron no wrought iron. iron yeah yeah um and then i had to fucking paint it with and like paint spray paint or like uh or an actual brush some stuff was like brush but a right. lot of it was like you just had to spray paint this shit. You get a Why? mask? Are you wearing a mask when you're doing sanding? I believe so, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I would do it out in the driveway. Do you have lots of different kinds of sanding materials? Like you had the wire thing and you had sandpaper. Yeah, yeah, the brushes and then different varying degrees of, right. of sandpaper. Um, Grits. And then you just did that all day. And then one day we had to paint the actual fence on his uh, on his property. Yeah. But you had to like climb up this like little tiny hill that had like ivy on it and stuff so you were just like leaning yeah. on your body weight like on and then you just had to fucking paint oh this fence that seemed like it would just never end right but i mean that entire backyard was just full of shit that was just painted white and it was all because of like jay and someone someone whoever told him about the job and then he told me and then Do i you remember the dude's name i don't fuck i don't but he was like an older guy and he clearly had like a lot of money because yeah. he lived up in the hills and it was a nice place and he was just buying all this fucking stuff that he wanted painted white. And I did it and they paid in cash under the table and I worked every day that was available. Yeah. I was like, this is my job. Like I need the fucking money. That is one of the weirdest jobs I've ever heard of. Isn't it fucking crazy? That is so odd. And he was the nicest guy and he would like, he would leave you alone because he was like, in his fucking office writing whatever screenplays or TV shows or whatever the hell he did. I never, I never pried or asked or stuff or anything, but every couple hours you check in, how's everything going in here? Good. And he would look at the stuff. Oh yeah, I like this one. I think that needs another coat. And then come, let me show you this thing in the back. Um, tomorrow I would like this, uh, painted again. I, this needs a fresh coat. And then, you know, later we're going to work Can on that. Can you please try <laughs> to find out his name? Yeah. Ask I'll, Jay. I'll ask Jay. Cause if we could find him, yeah. I want to see his backyard if it still exists so badly. Yeah. It sounds like the greatest shit. It sounds like the fucking storybook ride at Disneyland, but all white. Right. This, I, it if, was so weird. If man. this shit is still intact, yeah. someone should make a coffee table book about it. This was probably 10, 12 years ago. And he was probably how old? Probably somewhere in his 40s. Okay, late, so mid, he's not like, he's not dead. 40s. I mean, if he's in health, if he's healthy, he's probably still alive. Yeah, I want to see this. This sounds so good. It's, it's so weird. It's like one of those outsider art things where you like go to the middle of the desert and some guys painted everything and all crazy and weird because he's yeah. in the god. Like, I want to see this. This sounds fucking incredible. I mean, yeah. Who knows if the guy still lives there? Or I mean, how would you sell the house? I did. I don't know. Oh my god, dude! There was so much shit. Fuck. The sanding, the sanding was the annoying. Sanding part. is terrible work. Spray painting is fun. Yeah, because it's easy to do, and like especially you, when you're spray painting your cool tag name that you had in tenth grade, Kevin Christie. Right. Um, spray um, painting is really fun. It smells yeah. good. 
It does smell good. When I when I used to build little model cars, when they, when they came out with spray cans, yeah, the little of, ones. Oh, that changed the. Well, fucking also game. they didn't look like total shit. No one could brush a model car with those little brushes. Yeah, a the brushes were small, and the plastic like you would streak all the time. Yeah. It took such patience. Yeah. To get like clean, even strokes, but then once they came out with the spray paint, you just held that shit up and just, yeah. and it was like smooth. It looked like fucking factory car paint. And it th- what was, it was so punishing about those models is the metallic paint looked so cool right. in the container. You're like, oh my god, this is about to look so badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you'd paint it on. You're like, this looks so shitty. I'm going to not finish it. Right, right. Ugh, I love that model paint. I don't even. Know. I never built models. My brother must have had it. But yeah, yeah. Th- those bottles of silver paint. I fucking used to just open them up and dump them on paper and just look at it. Yeah. So attractive. I gotta build another one of those cars soon, just for fun. Auction it off. Build a car and uh, sell it to somebody. That would be an interesting. That should be our idea. merch. You just build people models. <laughs> yeah, I build scale models <laughs> of like this is a '69 Camaro. Yeah. Who wants Who wants to buy it? After okay, so for a <laughs> summer after high school, I was a gardener. Yeah, my friend Are, Jeremy. We got. Do you have batteries? I don't know. Oh shit! I mean, it's like low battery, blinking. We're about to run out. Pause it. Okay. Okay. Um, our battery is super low, you guys, and we just realized we're out of them. We're also gonna stop, but we're gonna stop. So, uh, but next white figurine world. Yeah is so interesting. We're going to stop there and we're going to continue in another episode. Yeah, we'll do a part two on jobs because each of us still have a few more. Yeah. Um, so we'll just continue this. We'll probably do part two next week. So before our battery dies completely, because uh, this is a professional podcast to run, you guys. Yeah. But hit us with your weird jobs. Yeah. And then maybe we'll uh, we'll mention a couple of those. Yeah. Um, but stay tuned for part two on World's Worst Jobs. Or just <laughs> jobs. <laughs> See you next time.